And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Good day to everyone and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. We've got a ton to talk about. We had the UFC from the Apex Center with Holly Holm taking on Bueno Silva, who absolutely proved she belongs. And there was a couple other fights that we're going to talk about in there. We got some things going on with some matchups, some people being hurt, a whole lot to talk about. You know what it's like to be hurt. You got hurt a lot. You were very fragile. Early in my career. put you in a box that said, handle with care, fragile. Yeah, 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 you are are actually 100% correct. I still hold the record. If if you ask Sean Shelby, I still still hold the record if you ask Sean Shelby. um, I'm the the fighter that signed a contract to, you know, to fight in the UFC. And it took me almost two years to actually have my first fight because I just kept getting injured. I think Glover Teixeira was very close to that. They just didn't sign him. Because he just he had visa problems for such a long time. He had visa problems, but uh, yeah. they were they were itching to sign him for the longest time. They just couldn't get him signed. So okay, so look, let's go ahead well, and bring this back, John. We lost talking. John for a split second. That's the you way we were started talking about your injury problem. <laughs> yeah, two years it took you to fight. Yep, and you, really had, you you definitely did have ankle problems. No, I did. I, I ended up breaking my ankle. Uh, that was later on, though, a little bit more in my career. I was already in strike force for yeah. that one. But uh, no, I had a, um, a sciatica problem because right before my first fight, it was supposed to, against, supposed to be against Jao Perini. Frank Shamrock spiroed me right in my spine, and it just activated. Like, so my, my, I had a sharp pain from the middle of my back all the way down my right hip, all the way down into, into my calf. <laughs> it was so of course, painful. Of course Frank Shamrock would do that. <laughs> yes. Frank Shamrock was, oh, you know, him and I were just like uh, best of buds. <laughs> we just, we were, we, we, uh, yeah, we just, we, we had at it for a couple times in training and, you know, you hit it off so well. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes people rub you the wrong way and you got to remind yourself that, Hey, you, you can't let people treat you that way or they'll keep doing it the rest of your life. This is true. So, um, no, but, uh, yeah, I think I had, I think. I think I held the record for the longest time from signing the, the contract to, to sign with the UFC and not fighting. It took me about two years. I had had the Matt Serra fight lined up. Then I had the Zhao Perini fight lined up. And then I had uh, another fight lined up. There was someone else in there. I believe maybe it was Dean Thomas, I believe. And that was supposed to be my first fight. Matt Serra was supposed to be my first fight. Then I went Zhao Perini. Then I went Dean Thomas. And then they settled on Gerald Strebent because... <clears throat> Uh, from what I understand, it was Eddie Bravo making the push, making the push. He's got to get in. He's got to get in. Joe wasn't. Joe Joe was against him at the time. He's like, I don't want this guy. He's like, he's not good enough to be in the UFC yet. And so they said, you know what? I'm going to give him Josh Thompson. Josh can sprawl. He can wrestle. He can strike with him. And and that was what Joe told me. Joe's like, I, he's, I wanted to get him fucking beat, so we never had to see him again. <laughs> that was it. Uh, like, so I, okay. I suck you here, on. I was like, here he goes. So I'm going to give on. you the truth on this. Joe Silva, you know, I, I knew who Gerald Streebrent was. I'd, I'd watched him in a grappling tournament. I knew who you were. And I get the fight, right? And I go, and I told Joe, because Joe always sat at the table, you know, right there near the, near the commentators and stuff. And I would talk to him all the time. And, and I go, you don't like Gerald Streebrent? He goes, no, I don't. And he's going to get <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. He, he literally told me, like, like before the well, fight, and- he hinted to it. If you knew, you know, if, for people that know Joe, Joe was blunt. 
he would tell you exactly what he thought. So oh, yeah. there was no, oh, I'm going to, I'll play, I'll play this off on you. Nope. You know, nope. No, I don't. No. He didn't like him. He didn't like him. He's like, no, no. He he's not. like, I was basically told that I had to use him. He's like, I had to fight him. Yes. And he's like, so, okay. So he's like, I found that you were healthy. You were ready to go. And, and, uh, you know, he's like, Hey, do you want this fight? I was like, yeah, I took the fight. I was like, Hey, I mean, like I thought about it at the time. I was like, you went from giving me someone like Matt Sarah and Joao Perini. I had trained with Dean came AK. And then Dean Thomas. Now you're giving me this guy. Perini, like, Perini was a Perini was a great grappler, but his stand up sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His stand up was horrible. His grappling was horrible. decent. Like he came in and trained with us, and uh, he I had, had good I had, grappling. He was good. It was decent. He was his body style was <laughs> awkward. You know, it was awkward, yeah. but um, but yeah. Then that's how Eves Edwards got in the UFC. Is that I pulled out of that fight. It was UFC 37 and a half. I pulled out of that fight, and Eves Edwards slid in, and the rest is history, man. Eves, you owe me, buddy. You, you and you and Clay Guido owe me owe me your guys' careers, man. You guys got started because of me. There you go. There you go. Oh man, I love both those guys now. You know, I, I had a little thing for for the uh, Clay Guido thing for a while, but then we uh, we just Clay hung out is recently such a in San Jose. He's such a nice. guy. He's a great guy. He's I a great I couldn't. Guy. I, here's the thing. I wasn't sure if I was mad at Clay or if I was mad at Frank Shamrock, and if I was mad at his brother. I didn't like Clay's brother for some reason. I don't know what it was. It was the way he walked around, like the whole week at the fight we were supposed to fight, or when we did oh, fight. Yeah, mad dog, yeah, yeah, mad dog. Me, uh, he was yeah. like barking. He was, he was like very loud about a lot of things. I'm like, man, who the hell is this guy? And then I realized it was Clay's brother. I'm like, I don't really fucking like that guy. I, I have never really <laughs> seen him since. I mean, I, I think I saw him one time at a, at a UFC event after that, but. Yeah, I think it was. I, I couldn't tell whether if I was mad at Clay or if I was mad at Frank Shamrock, because Frank Shamrock had had Clay over at his gym that whole week and was training with them and stuff after we had had a big falling out. And I was like, "Oh, you piece of shit. yeah," <laughs> you know. But <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff intermixed with AKA and Javier and Frank and you know, and then Dave and you know Dave Camarillo came on board. It was just a lot of drama that went on during that time. And it was fucking what a shit show. Anyways, uh, but hey, let's, since we're talking about um, old times, let's talk about some uh, older people. Myself, Big John, Ooh. and Holly Holm. Look, I'm not trying to take a jab, but John, we've said this I don't know how many times. It's father time. Yes. And the reason why, I, look, and I've said, I said this a couple fights ago. Do I think she's extremely talented? Do I think that she can taper her career a little bit or her fighting style to make to work to her advantage? I absolutely believe she can. I thought she had moments in the, obviously in the first round, I thought she had the better moments. I gave her the first round. In that second round though, it just, you could tell at the end of the first round, she was getting hit with more shots. She was getting hit cleaner with more shots. And Silva just did have no, had no respect for her power, had no, no respect, respect for her exactly. speed, had no respect for what she was doing. She's like, I see everything coming. I'm able to I put see pressure her coming on, on you. the blitz. I still, yep. I, I circle out. No problem. Yep, so all of I those agree. things, yeah, all those things were a factor. And yeah. as and as they're as they are in this exchange, what I noticed was very much what I went through. And before everyone says, "Hey, you know what, Josh? You know, you always talk about how what you went through." Well, let me give you an example. Frank, Frankie, 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 Fra Frankie Edgar was going through the same type of feeling, and I could see it when he started when he as he started to age. I saw it as it was happening to him is what it is, is you throw and then you stop and you wait, not knowing whether the punch got there or not or whether you were fast enough to get in and get out. It's almost like you freeze 
after you throw your shots. And she was having a little bit of that hesitation as well. Cause there were, you're so much, you're kind of afraid to pull out. <laughs> you know, you're kind of afraid to pull out and get clipped on the way out on the exit. You know, what's going to happen if you don't. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, it, but you rather smother <laughs> them though inside the pocket. Yeah. You know, you end up 18 yeah. years to, no. you know, for the rest of your life paying for it. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> oh, God, but if you there. don't, you're in that range and you've got to either get into that clinch or start using your hands inside. And as look at it, father time is a, is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's when you're so used to being successful with a certain type of attack that you have become comfortable. Yeah. There's a pattern to it, but there, there's a comfort for you and you're good at it. So you can just alter that pattern just a little bit and make things work for you. And this is why I, I try to tell people all the time. I knew when, when we look at when I got slower, you know, I, I could just, I was getting hit in sparring by things that never hit me before. And I saw them. I saw what was coming. I saw the setup. I saw the fate. I know it's coming and I'm going to move a look and I'm getting hit. And those times that you're getting hit disrupt your entire pattern mm-hmm. and flow in the fight. And so now, you're not that fighter that feels comfortable. You're a fighter that feels somewhat uncomfortable in the fight because you're having to work harder than you normally work before. And things just, there's no flow. Mm-hmm. And this is what, you know, that loss of time, you know, you know we talk about all the time when, you know, oh, he's only going from 145 to 135. The speed difference, I'm telling you, it's, it is little tiny percentages, yes. But those percentages make huge differences. And that's really what you're seeing now with Holly. Well, another example, and I'm not trying to bag on him at all. And I said it about Frankie, who's one of my best friends in, in the whole world. Love this guy. But Dom Cruz going through the same, very similar situation. Same thing. You have something where you rely on your speed to get you in and out of positions faster than these people. In and out of danger. Because you had the speed for so long. And, then and it worked ki- for you for so long. It did. And I go back to the Roy Jones situation. His whole career was based Same off thing. of his speed. And sure, he had power. But he was able to hit you two or three times before you realized where he was and what he was doing. Floyd Mayweather, very similar. Floyd still got the speed, but he is slowing down. But with Roy, once he got knocked out, it just was a snowball effect. And I also feel like it's what it is, is those fighters, <clears throat> they also, they don't take as much damage in training. They don't take as much... They don't take as many hard, clean shots because they're not, they haven't been able to, they're not hittable during training for all those years. But as they get older and their speed slows down, they start taking those hard, clean shots and their brain in their head is not used to that. And your knockouts come a lot more and a lot more frequent. And your brain in your head, they haven't developed that, that, what is it? Almost like a calcification over it to, to accept the damage and the punishment. I don't know if you want that. No, you're right. You don't. But there's, <laughs> I really believe. And maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but hear me out on this. I've always, I've thought this for the last probably 10 years, maybe a little bit longer, is that <clears throat> football players used to do padded practices five, four or five days a week. <clears throat> and when they were doing padded practices four to five days a week, there was less knockouts in a game, but there was a lot more like, hey, you got a concussion or you got, you got dropped, can't get back out there, or they got rocked, but they weren't getting flatlined like they are now. You don't see guys going back in the 70s and the 80s. Very rarely did you see guys go stiff. 
because they were they they were already getting their body prepared for the head trauma and the damage. Now I don't obviously I can't tell you which one is worse, the continued head trauma on a daily basis or the one where you get knocked out clean and your body postures like that, you know, once a weekend. But I believe well, here, that I can, one I can one tell leads you neither up one, to the other. Neither one is good for you. Absolutely. The attrition of consistent blows is what leads to CTE. Gotcha. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy is based upon those consistent small blows that are just over time. They add up. The big blows don't help it, but the big blows are more of the concussion. You you can sustain the concussion, which is you know an injury to the brain. You're going to have to lay off of it. But it's when you don't lay off of the concussion and you do go back in, which guys did all the time. I was just watching the you know I was watching the the, the thirty for thirty on Junior Seau. You know, who was just an unbelievable player. And you look at some of the the moments in time where he got clipped, you know, with a shot that, you know, concussed him and he was right back in and right back in. And that's that's where you have these issues mm-hmm. later on in your life where you can't control things and you don't know why. But like the brain is a is a is a it's a crazy thing, but it is absolutely clear when you see a fighter that has relied upon speed and timing it's so clear when that that is altered and they are they become an altered fighter from who they were and you know and i, and I believe honestly that time has come for holly and i i don't say that with any kind of you know you know i don't, I don't want to say happiness I'm, yeah it's not I, I love it about an athlete yeah i mean I, as a person she's one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet she is so pleasant to be around. She's just a great person. I don't want her to not go out on her terms. But you got to look and say, I don't see it getting any way. I don't, I don't see Holly being that person that wants to be, uh, wants to be the, the, the gatekeeper, wants to be the person that, oh, she was the champion, and if you can get past her, now you're upper tier, but she's mm-hmm. never going to be that person fighting for that title again. She's a person that wants to fight for titles. And so I, I don't know what she's going to do. She's going to have to take a look at this and stuff. Yet, And a lot of people would say, well, she didn't get knocked out. She got choked. Yeah, but she got choked. Why? Take a look at what was occurring in the fight. Mm-hmm. These are the things that lead to these positions. Now I'm going to stick my head because we talked about her and we said, look, she's going to try to take this fight to the ground. I know that Silva is very good on the ground. I know she's got a great submission game. I know she's got a variety of attacks. But you're going to see Holly having to take her down there to try to slow down and keep the fight within her realm to where she can do damage and not be damaged. Yeah, she's going to have to avoid the submission. But we both said she's going to try to take the fight to the ground. And she did. She was. Because the, the stand-up, the speed she wasn't getting where she wanted to get to. She did in the very first couple of minutes and then it started to tail off. But like what, what I say is I speak from experience and I, it, it sucks because the experience is, is that you realize the shots that you used to land on people, they don't respect anymore. Her sidekick that she was landing, Bueno Silva just walked through. Yeah. It was like no big deal. I saw it coming. I was able to blade a little bit more. Even that oblique Didn't, kick. Exactly. <clears throat> All of those things are, they're non-factors anymore. And if they were such a factor, then she wouldn't have been trying to get the takedown as often as she was trying to get it and pushing and try and driving to get that takedown, that pushing and that driving and forcing it almost is what led her into getting choked. 
is that yeah. she was like, look, if I back away, now I'm going to get walked down again. I'm going to start to get even more tired. The style which she fights, she's got great cardio. She can do it all day long. She's been doing it her whole life. That's fine. But you've got to also demand the respect of with your with your combinations and your punches and your kicks. You've got to be able to get them off you. They have to make them respect who you are with your with your strikes. She was getting no respect from Buena Silva at all. She walked right through all of her shots. She was landing the cleaner, harder shots. I even though I had Holly win in the first, you could just see though it was tapering off, and Bueno Silva just didn't care anymore. She's like, "Look, there's nothing you're gonna do to me on the feet. I see everything coming, and in the clinch, sure you're able to press me against the fence, but I can do work out of there. I can I can knee you, I can clinch you, I can hang on your head. And at 41 years old, I believe is what she is. You could te- you could see that Holly started to slow down as well, even though she's great with her cardio. At that age, you're like, you have to take a step back and go, man, this is a lot. This is like, I gotta, I gotta get my, let my body, you know, recover for about, you know, 10, six, 10 to 12 seconds, 10, six seconds, 10 10 to 12 seconds, seconds. 10 to 15 seconds. You gotta give yourself some time to recover. Whereas Bueno Silva was like, no, I don't need time. I'm just gonna keep walking you down. And that is what ultimately led to like, look, put Holly pressuring so much. And forcing, trying to get that takedown or staying in the clinch so long that the guillotine presented itself. And when no she when it was, nah, well, you know, Come it, was on. A, it was a rear naked, it was a front rear naked choke. Front, you want to call it a front choke or a ninja choke, but it's not a guillotine. I, I, it drives me crazy <laughs> when announcers, what's that? Yeah, it's a front rear naked choke. It's, I mean, that's really what it was. Yeah, it's a front, that, that is, it's, or you can call it a ninja choke. Great. It's not a guillotine. It is completely different. Once that arm comes up over the top, you know, and, and Dominic said it right as far as, look, you can't just spin out of it. It doesn't happen. Your no. head's stuck, you know, and it's, uh, yeah. it's a great weapon. She did it beautifully. Uh, even when, you know, the, the and I can't blame Joe Martinez, but I blame someone <laughs> for saying guillotine <laughs> show. God damn it. Know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. I mean, just call it a front choke. Why? Why complicate it's this fine. shit? Like, have you seen the Matt Sarah the, the viral thing that's going around when he was on Joe Silva? He tells a story about Hanzo Gracie. Okay. No, <laughs> it's so fucking great. He's like, so they had somebody that came in and was teaching. See if you can pull this up. I got you. Got, you got to have Matt tell it because I'm not going to butcher Matt's accent and the way he says it. But it was Matt Sarah. Which it, Silva? It, it Matt Matt Sarah. Was on Joe Silva. Was on Joe uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. Joe Rogan, okay. Joe Rogan's podcast. Did I say Joe Silva? Yes, yeah, you did. did. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Right. And he tells We're the story about, about jujitsu. <clears throat> tells the story about jujitsu. Uh, about the a guy teaching jujitsu. Let's see. Restrain. Drunk guy? No, 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 no it's not no, the no, drunk, drunk guy. guy. I saw the drunk. I've Hold seen on. the drunk guy. Reflex in on fights. No. <clears throat> maybe maybe go on Matt Sarah's. Uh, let me see this one. Let's see. Former uh, story about uh no, this one? no 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 not this one go 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 to uh try and look it up on Matt Sarah's uh page I think it was on Joe's might have been on Joe's a bunch of people had yeah, shared yeah uh, Matt Sarah okay. Instagram try try Matt Sarah Joe Rogan Instagram or something like that I don't know yeah Let's see. Okay. but it, it's pretty funny and 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 only and if you've ever been around Matt Sarah the guy's got he's a great storyteller no it's not oh, he's there, funny. Huh? God, he's hilarious, but it, man. But it was recent, right? It yeah, was yeah, it was recent. It was just recent. on now. Okay, and let me look up uh, JRE Companion. Yeah, maybe they uh, have it on that, there. That's uh, that's uh, like a clips channel for Joe Rogan. 
It was so damn funny the way he said it. But it was, anyways, to kind of give you a little breakdown of it, Henzo has this guy at his academy teaching a seminar, and the guy's telling the, giving the instruction and, you know, showing like, okay, Delahiva this and, you know, and guard this and then, and like, giving all these ways of breaking and giving him names. And, um, I don't know, it's like a clip, not a. Yeah, it may, is it? Oh, shit. Uh, let's see. I think it may be this one right here. Let's see. Let's jump by. I doubt it. So go ahead. I can't hear it. No, no, no. It's it's not. No, no. no. It's it's like a it's a fucking it's pretty damn funny though. Anyways, there's Matt. Matt Sarah goes. He's like Hensel's Hensel's in the in the room. I'm in the room. He's like, and the jutsu guy is like trying to break down all the all the all the techniques and all oh, this move. This 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 move has this name. This name. And Hensel yells in the back, brother, do, do, don't make jujitsu about the intellectuals. Just show the fucking move. He's <laughs> like, that's the guy's trying to name all these things, and the guy's like, no. And then Hensel's in the back. He's like, bro, just show the damn move already. No one cares. <laughs> And so I just started laughing, man. I was, I love it. If you've ever been around Matt, Sarah, he, he's, uh, he can, he can steal the party. He can definitely just, uh, steal the room when he walks in and he just starts talking and like, geez, great guy, great person to be around. Just fantastic fighter. We were supposed to fight. He was actually supposed to be my very first fight in the UFC. And, uh, it just didn't come about, you know, who got that fight? Kelly yeah. Delante. Got that fight. <laughs> yeah. That was at the M. It was at the MGM. I was like, "Yeah, you go ahead. You, you have that fight, Kelly." Oh man, that, that wasn't a good fight for Kelly. <laughs> brutal. It was no. brutal. Just he was just chasing. We were like, "Oh, Kelly's good at taking, you know, t- some uh, takedown defense. Good on the feet." No man, he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop the takedown. Uh, oh, but man. I mean, look, I go back to this. What does Holly? Where does Holly go from here? Does she? Does she walk away? Does she want to try to do? Try to come back and have one more fight and see if look if. If it doesn't work again, this is it for me. I, I just look at the younger generation; they're coming up. They're starting to, they're starting to figure out um, the, the the women's females MMA is really making gains. It's really growing. They're getting better. They are evolving. Um, and and Holly just being Holly, who's slowing down. Look at I, I, Misha's gotten a little bit faster that she's lost the weight, you know, in terms of coming down in weight, but she, it's still difficult for her to get in on the takedowns, hard for her to get the takedowns. See, okay, and that, the striking is so just, significant. And you, you just named the one person I said, look, if you, if you want to put Holly in a fight, if Holly still yeah. is, no, I, I don't want to retire. Okay. Then let, then it's time to put her in those match fights that, are respectful to who she's been respectful mm-hmm. to who the other person is. And I look at it and say, well, look, when Holly was the champion, she lost her title to Misha Tate. That's a great matchup. They're both older. Holly's older than Misha, but both have slowed down a little bit. Misha was never fat that fast. Misha went off of her grappling. Holly's turned into a bit of a, you know, a good grappler. That's the kind of fight. I think you could, if she wants to extend her career and continue to go on because she loves it, that's the kind of fight I want to see her in. What I don't want to see her in is I don't want to see her as the stepping stone. I don't want to see her as, no. oh, I want to put that name on my record. That's that's just yeah. what I don't want to see. She's, she's too good a person. She's been too good for the sport. Uh, she's been too good in, in boxing that she was great into. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, bud. 
Uh, but Bueno Silva, where does she go now from here? She's at number 10. Oh. She was ranked at number 10. I mean, she's going to jump all the way up yeah. to number three, she, number four, somewhere jump. in there. She got to jump way up. And if you look, I, I think there's a couple. You know, you could say Raquel Pennington. That's mm -hmm. a great fight. Uh, you could say Juliana Pena. You know, because really, you know, you've got a, you've got a vacant title now. Who's going to be mm -hmm. that matchup? Is it going to be Juliana Pena against Raquel Pennington? Okay. And if it is the winner of that, I'm looking at someone like, you know, Buena Silva getting a shot at that title, you know, in the next, in the next rung, you know, Caitlin Vieira, she's right there. You could put her in there and stuff, but I think that Buena Silva is just off of her wins and the way she's been fighting. Yeah. She's put herself in, into that category of she could be, you know, one or one fight away. No, I agree. I agree, my man. I agree. All right. Let's see. Uh, Co-main event. Co-main event was Jack De La Maddalena against Basil Javes. Boy, this one had a lot going on in it. There's a whole oh, lot of controversy man. and everything. What did you think of the fight? I thought it was a fantastic fight. It was knocked down, drag out. I thought I thought Javes definitely won the first round. Um, where this where the rounds kind of differ, I think, is the second round, and then you get into the third round, which I think. Uh, uh, Madalena won. And so I thought it was a good fight. It just really came down to the second round and how you scored it. Who took the bigger shots? Javes took the bigger shots in the second round, Did but Javes had him pressed. And But look, John, I'm going to keep going back to this. We talk about it nonstop. In no way was this a robbery. It was a split decision. It was a close fight. It was not a fucking robbery. Please stop. The, I saw. I saw Twitter. Did you not? I saw, did you, oh yeah. I mean, hold on. We're, we're talking about all these guys that are great fighters. You know, Kamaru mm -hmm. Uzman. I think they got that wrong. All these people saying robbery, you know, uh, Sadiq Youssef, you know, oh, you got robbed, all this. Guys, he didn't get robbed. Okay? Oh. Here's what happens. Let's, let's break this down. Because I, I went back and rewatched the fight mm -hmm. based upon all, you know I, know, I know what I had it as when I was watching it. And I was like, man, maybe, maybe I gave uh, too much respect one way. Let, let me go back and watch it. Wait, before before and, you start though, who, who'd you score it for first? I scored it for Madalena. You did. I, I scored it. I scored the first round to uh, um, Hafiz and Javes, and I scored the, the next two for Madalena. So I went back and, and rewatched it like I'm judging it, and there was no doubt. I gave the first round to Hafiz, and Madalena got the next two, and it was simple. It wasn't hard. Now. I know that one judge went with Basile Hafiz, but most people are looking at that. And this is where I say, when you have emotion going with you towards one fighter over the other, everything they do seems to be a little bit better and everything the other fighter does is just a little bit less than really what it is. And that's what you had, is you had someone that came in, last minute replacement, and he put on a hell of a fight. He showed balls. He showed heart. He was out there diving for takedowns when you knew his heart rate was at 198 beats per minute. Man, you knew he was exhausted. And he was still going for it. He was trying everything he could do. And he fought a tremendous fight. But well, let's take a look at that in the first round. You watched it. You gave it to Basil Hafez. Why did you give it to him? In the first round? Yeah, first round. 
I, I gave it to him because he repeatedly got the takedowns, had some good control. He actually landed some good strikes on the feet when he did throw, uh, but he Couple. was the one pressing the pace in the action. Uh, I had him one in the and first round. Madalena landed and. some good shots, too. He did. Madalena landed some good shots, too, yep. but it wasn't enough to overtake the shots that Basile landed and the ground mm -hmm. that he had him in. There was a couple times you looked in. He could have had uh, the whole time I'm looking. I'm going. It's obvious you're good on the ground. Why are you not trying for that von flu choke? Mm -hmm. Because Madalena kept on grabbing the head. And but it was pretty clear that Basile Hafiz he wins that first round. You go to the second round, and this is the one that people are are like kind of bantering about, and it's the one that the judges were split on. Mm -hmm. They got all the other rounds were exactly the same. All three judges gave Basile the first round. All three judges gave Madalena the third round. So it comes down to the second round. And you're taking a look at that round. Madalena almost had him out of that fight. He took big shots. He was diving for the takedowns to try to protect himself, which was smart. I'm not saying it wasn't. But he took some huge shots. The body shots that he took were devastating and I god damn I give him credit for being able to continue on through some of those man because Madalena was eating his body up big shots and yes he was able to get the fight to the ground but what did he do from that position and he, and, and I'm listening to uh one of the commentators that's sitting there saying you know he's advancing you can advance from half guard to side control but if you don't do anything with that position in either one, there's no strikes thrown and there's no submission attempts. It really, that it's, it keeps you in your position. The referee is going to allow you to continue to try to advance, but it's not going to do a lot in taking away the huge shots you sustained and were damaged by earlier in that round. You were able to keep him on the ground for a lot of it, but there wasn't any real damage and there wasn't any real danger from submissions mm -hmm. that made up for the damage and the what was done to you earlier in that round. And and that's that that round goes to Madalena, man. And then the third round goes to Madalena too. It was a good fight. And obviously a lot of you know respect goes out to Basile for the effort he put in and the great performance. But you can't let that override why Jack Madalena won that fight. No, it was the, the second round was um, it was close, but I constantly have to remind myself: even though you didn't land a lot of shots, you landed hard, clean shots that Damaging were shots. Very, yeah, they literally had uh, Javez like deterred, looking towards the fence oh. at times, just like you know, trying to desperately shooting for a double leg. You know, and that's right there to me. It was like, look, if you landed seven or eight of those, which he did in that second round, that right there won you the round. 100% of won oh, yeah. you the round because I was never, yeah. Madalena was never in a ton of trouble in anything else so, that Javes did. Sometimes, sometimes you got to look at it. And I know it's a weird thing to kind of say, but it's the truth is sometimes you got to look and be honest with yourself. Say, which guy would you have rather been? Which guy would you have rather been in that round? Jack Madalena or would you have rather been? Basile Hafez, because one of them got fucking hit with some bricks. And I, dude, I will give him credit, man. He had a chin. He hung in there. He took some huge shots. 
but he didn't deliver a lot of shots. Now he delivered on controlling a position, but control is not the first criteria. It's the last. And if you can tell who won based upon damage done to striking or damage done by grappling, you know who won that round. And that's why Jack Della Maddalena wins it. Yeah, I just want to be the guy that um, was on the couch watching the fight, man. That's it. Yeah, well, I was I was very happy <laughs> that's, that that's where I was both that's times. I exactly right. Nobody wants to be in there taking that shit. No oh, way. Those? No way. Oh. Uh, next fight, man. Oh, Francisco Prado against Otman Azatar. Dude, I was really uh, impressed by Prado in this fight. He just took over and just dominated the fight as far as cut. You could see him just cutting Azatar off and just making him fight where he wanted it to be, pushing a pace on him. It was a great performance by Prado, I thought. <clears throat> Yeah, for the age that he is. I believe uh, we saw him fight his first fight, right? And then he believed, did he lose that fight? I believe so, yeah. Did Prado lose his first fight? Dave, click on Prado for us, please. I think he did. I think he lost yeah. his, yeah, he lost his first fight. Yep. <clears throat> um, But he was tough in that fight. He was a dog in that fight. Yeah, but that was against Jamie Malarkey. That was a great as, I, as I recall. Yep. Yep. And Malarkey's tough. I mean, and you could just see when, yep. when Prado came in. It was like, I'm not going to show this guy any respect, man. I'm going to walk you down and throw Boy, big shots. But he took a lot of big shots in that fight. But in this fight, he was kind of on the same trajectory of doing what he did in his first fight. But what he was doing a little bit more was that he was actually making a miss a little bit more. And then on top of it, he wasn't loading up. He was just letting the, the punches come from, from his stance. In that first fight, it was almost like he was out there to try to, to show the world like who he was. And that's common off. for a lot of... For a lot of young fighters coming in that have never lost or that just had had the aura about them circling them and, and people talking about them, the buzz about them in the smaller shows, yeah. then they get into the UFC and they're like, I'm going to show everybody that I still have, that I have it. I'm the man. I'm like this, this, and this and that. And that's kind of, I feel like, worked against him in that first fight. In this fight, he fought more composed. He did get hit with some shots, but he also was like, I didn't really, didn't let it bother him. He didn't try and chase it harder. He just kind of put the pressure, let the combination go, and it was that left hook that landed clean and put him face down, ass up, man. Azatar was, Azatar looked good too. Just he was getting hit with the clean, hard shots right off the bat, and then that's really what ultimately led to the the left hook. You know, let me, let me say this one thing. I'm gonna go back to the Madalena fight. You know, Josh, all the time we're talking about, hey, look, there's some guys out there that are not in the UFC. Look, these guys are good, and they can fight with anybody. You know, I hope that fight with Madalena versus Hafiz, I hope that shows people. That guy was not on the UFC's roster. Okay, mm. He was fighting in New Jersey, CFFC or something like that, and yeah. was pulled in for that fight. And look at what he did. And this is what, you know, this is why we're saying, hey, there's great MMA fighters out there that are not under contract to the UFC. And, you know, this is a guy no one expected to do anything. This just shows you. Because what is Madalena ranked at? He's, he's, in the, he's in the top 10. His ranking. Is he not? Uh, yeah, I, don't think, I think he's in the top 15. He's 14. There he is, 14. Yeah. He was but 14. Still, re, okay. But regardless, I mean, John, to go back onto your but point, still. it's guys that it's, it's men and women, but mainly men because there's not a huge pool of female fighters. Yeah. Um, but there's mainly men. Like in terms of 
there's 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 guys out there like this guy Javes. He he's out there. He's not signed to one. He's not signed to PFL. He's not signed to Bellator. He's not signed to UFC. He's not signed to any major promotion. No. And look what he did to someone who's ranked in the he's top just fighting 14. regional shows. I, I, exactly. Yeah. And it really comes in like maybe he, hopefully he get obviously I think he'll get another shot. Uh, the way he fought, how how great he fought. He fought a tough fight. Kid's tough. I mean, there's nothing you can't take anything yeah. away from him. Um, you know, like it just it just there's plenty of fighters out there in that are not that not they're not getting the name recognition or getting the recognition they deserve. Period. There's and yeah. and that this is this goes back to I feel like there's not enough promotions out there. That's the thing. Like you've got fighters. There's tons and tons of fight, tons of fighters in these. In these gyms, slaving away, putting their fucking ass on the line every single day in the gym. And they're training with guys like Khabib and Islam and guys like, you know, like John Jones. These guys, I mean, they're all out there, man. There's guys out there training, you know, with the, with the top level guys. Kill Cliff, the, the gym Kill Cliff, holy shit. Oh, yeah. There's guys in that gym that you've never heard of. And there's fighters that will come and tell me, like, man, this guy is so damn good. And I've been trying to get him on the UFC's roster and they, they don't even care. They don't care. Like, no, he's good. We're good. We have too many 85 pounders. No, we got too many, you know, 70 pounders. We got too they many Dagestanis. Yeah, we got too many Dagestanis. <laughs> yeah. We got too many people, you know, and, and you have to start thinking yeah. though, too. If you don't think the promotions look at a fighter and go, look, we already have, we already have too many Brazilians in that, in, you know, in that weight class. Oh, we already have too many Americans in that weight class. They do. They do. Oh yes, they do. You know, there's too many. There's too many Dagestanis, or there's too many Russians, or there's too many. You know, people from the UK. They, they do that. They do that. They. I've seen it across all promotions. Going, they I can't have mix. a whole promotion. I can't have a po- whole pr- promotion filled with you know one country because then no one's going to watch just that one country. Right. Well, I needed to make it a worldwide brand. And how do I do that? So, I have a ton of fighters from all different countries. So, um. But I, th- I feel like Prado is, he, look, he's still young, 21. Let's not rush him. Let's just keep him, keep him on pace. And if, he, if I'm him, though, don't get rushed because I don't know what you're making, but I can tell you that all the easy fights are going to come now because once you get to that next level, they're not going to, you know, they're either going to reduce your pay, but they're not giving you easier fights. You know, every fight from here on out is going to be harder and harder and harder. So make sure your pay is going up and up and up. So take all the easy fights you can now. Why, why you can. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Next fight. Jun Young Park against Albert Duryev. Man, I'll tell you what. The, the Iron Turtle. I love that fucking nickname. It's a great nickname. <laughs> but the Iron Turtle. You know, the guy's got a great personality. Obviously, you know, I can't, you know. He's got great dance moves that, you know, also, buddy. I saw the dance I'll moves. I'll tell you, end. man. You take a look at that. You know, you, you, I can't understand, you know, <laughs> what he's saying through the translation. But, you know, you could tell he's got a great personality. And he's tough as hell, man. Yeah. Every time I watch him fight, he comes out of five. And Duryev is a good fighter. Oh, he is. You know, Duryev is freaking good. And he basically dominated him for most of that fight. Just in the very beginning was it Duryev was doing well. And then Park took over. And he dominated that fight. That was a beautiful submission. Beautiful rear naked choke. Well done. He had Duryev hurt before that. You know, when Duryev was, was just turtling up, you know, oh, my yeah. God. He's he's not going to change this fight around. He's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Great great job by Park. The Iron Turtle strikes again. Well, I look at the Iron Turtle and Park, and I think to myself, like he has a very Nick and Nate Diaz style. He's got a great jab. He pushes forward. 
He slightly makes you miss. And when he does connect, he's got a fucking hell of a chin. When his opponents connect, he can take his shot. He's got he's got a beard on him. He can. You know, without yeah. actually having a beard. But he is he's he's got he's got a chin, man, and he he understands what he's good at. He's got a great jab that closes the distance. It keeps you in your it keeps it in your face, and he makes you fight off your back foot. So you're constantly having to move left and right and circle and shoot, and it's frustrating. The most underutilized weapon in the game is the jab, and he's yeah. got it down. And it was just a matter of time. Sure, he took some big overhand rights and he took some big shots. But that jab was just peppering Duryev, and Duryev just had no answer for it. He couldn't get his head offline. He was getting hit with it. It was getting frustrating. He was circling left to right. And at the end of the first round, you could see that Duryev was struggling, but he came out hot in the second. I was like, oh, he's fresh. He's ready to go. But then as the as the second round went on, he started keeping that jab sure. in the face, and the blood started trickling, kind of getting into his eyes a little bit, you know, or kind of bothering him a little bit, started coming down into the mouth. You start tasting. I start tasting my own blood. So he starts doing all that and like it just it has an effect on you. And you could see that Duryev was getting tired. And Park just started touching him and touching him about I'd say probably about halfway through that round. And next thing you know, Park just was able to land the clean shots, boom, able to get him down. And then once he got him down, he was just controlling the top position and worked his way to the rear naked choke. Nicely done. Very nicely done. And uh great performance. Yep. Norma Dumont against Chelsea Chandler. I don't give Norma Dumont enough credit because she's a really good damn fighter. You know, you know, I, I was as I was watching the fight, Josh it went through my head. Who, she reminds me of someone just style style wise and the way she's built and everything. You know, who she reminds me of Pedro Ooh. Hizo. Norma Dumont. <laughs> is, that, is that a compliment? <laughs> that is a compliment and a half because uh, look, she's got she got big legs. Yeah, Pedro Hizo had big legs and she's got big kicks. When she kicks, you can tell it affects her opponent. She's got heavy kicks, right? And she's a counterfighter. And, and Pedro was a counterfighter who was sometimes it worked to his detriment that he waited, 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 waited because he wanted to counter so much and make you pay on the counter. But she's a damn good fighter. She is, you know, she is a counterfighter. But when she decides to go, she steps forward and she, you know, throws her shots. She's got, like I said, good kicks. She's got the most wins in the featherweight division in the UFC ever. So, you know, she's been doing something right. She, I can't remember her her one loss, but she is just a solid fighter. And she took, you know, Chelsea Chandler, who's who's tough. Yeah, there you go against Macy. Yeah, against lost Megan, Megan, Megan Anderson also. No, no, that was before. Oh, that's UFC. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, I, I, you're right. That wasn't the UFC. So that's her two. What's but you can see a lot of good wins, you know. Felicia Spencer, Aspen Ladd, you know, some good wins in there. She's a good fighter, yeah, and she proved it against Chandler because Chandler's tough. Yeah, Chandler comes to fight except when she decides to sprint across the cage. What's your take on that? <laughs> you know what? People get all the you know all up in arms. I always look and say if you're doing something to give yourself a moment to reset. Okay, you know, and and I've I've you know I've seen I've seen the very best do it. John Jones. Now, everyone does it at different times. John Jones has done John it Jones absolutely. Done it. Oh, Alistair Overing, Alistair Overing, Conor McGregor. They've all done it because, you know what? You know, let's take a look at uh you know the, the other side. Dan Cormier, 
when John Jones kicked him in the head, what was Dan Cormier doing? Besides trying to get his senses back a little bit, he was trying to run around to get away from him. That's when John tripped him up, which only made him, you know, more dizzy and stuff. But it's not a bad tactic. It doesn't look good. And it really depends upon when you do that, where do you end up? As long as you end up facing your opponent and going back into the fight, okay. It's, it's not a bad tactic, you know, but uh, it was. Dumont did not try to give her any time off of that. She was running. She was right behind her in the sprint. <laughs> and so Chelsea didn't have a whole lot of time, but no. I give Chelsea credit. She, she fought a, a tough fight against someone who I thought had you know, more experience against better competition overall. But Chelsea Handler, Chandler uh, really put on a, a, a tough performance. She got beat, no yeah, doubt about she it. She did. But she hung in there tough. I agree. Uh Next fight, McKinney. Terrence McKinney, he's complaining about this loss against Nazim Sadikov. Dude, you know, we talk about it all the time. McKinney is a first-round fighter. He is explosive. He's got speed. He's got strength. He's got good wrestling. And he did all those things in the first round. And then the second round came, and it all turned around. And I know he's complaining right now about, you know. It was pretty uh, obvious. What? It gets a little. I mean, here's the thing, though, John. When you're already tired, and you have an opportunity to get a sweep, and I, I go back to the Tony Ferguson fight. I had lost the fight, and in the third round, I was able to get into a scramble to the point where I was in a half guard sweep and was able to sweep him over. And he grabbed the fence and stopped the sweep, and we weren't stood back up. We weren't started over. We weren't. We weren't putting me on top. And it's a. It's frustrate. It's. It's. It's already not going your way. It's. It's like yeah, it's frustration. The, the fight's not going your way. And then you add that on top and you're like, and the ref has no answer other than like, hey, don't grab the fence. No, motherfucker, do something about it. it that's that frustration that sets in. You want to get up and sock the ref. And look, I'm just <laughs> being honest. It. I'm being honest. You should do it. <laughs> and it just, it gets to that point where you're just thinking to yourself, like, it's already not going my way. Like in this, and it's been obvious. There was two fence grabs back to back. So if I go to sweep you and you stop the first momentum and then you let go when the ref warns you and then I go to sweep you again, you just hook it with your finger. That's sometimes all it takes to stop your momentum. It's no different than when I go to throw a combination and you hit me with a little oblique kick. Well, now my power's not there anymore. You just broke my rhythm. That's the point of grabbing the fence is breaking the rhythm of the takedown or breaking the rhythm of, of the sweep. Any of those things. If you just got warned and you let go, and then I went to sweep you again, and you grabbed it again, it should be an automatic point deduction. Automatic point deduction. So you, do you Fence think Sadikov, to me is one of the most? When you saw that, you saw that hand. The hand is allowed to be on the fence. He grabbed it. It's allowed the to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, you were, I, I know. Okay. Two fingers grabbed. Hand is allowed. <laughs> That's all. Oh, huh. fuck if it's, it's one like, finger. It's like a rattlesnake. <laughs> give you the hook, buddy. I give you the hook. I'm telling you, I just don't care. It, if, he had just hold warned on. him. Hold he had on. just warned him, hold and on. then he went back and on. grabbed it again. The fence. I go. You're allowed to put your hand on the fence, right? Josh, yeah. are you allowed to put your yeah. hand on the fence? Okay. Yes. So now yes. when my hand's on the fence, am I paying attention to my hand on the fence? Are you allowed to have your hand no. on the fence? Yes. I just said yes. Yes, you are. Am I paying attention to my hand on the fence? Is that what I'm thinking Who? about? Uh, As no. the fighter with my hand on the fence, am I thinking about my hand on the fence? 
No. I, sometimes, I've got too yes. much dealing no, no, with no, down no. here. John, I've been in there, John. I, I, John, I, but no, you no, can, no, no, But no, you no, can no. see in if this. I, no, don't, if, no, 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 stop. If I know. I'm talking about this situation right no. here with Sadikov I'm, Okay, and let me. I will, I will tell Go you ahead. about the situation. He can only sweep me to the left. So, yes, I am thinking about that hand on the fence because I need to lean towards the fence to make sure that he can't take me that way. So, I actually need to put my hand there. So, yes, I am thinking about that. I am thinking about putting weight on that fence because he can only take not, me that I'm way. I'm not saying you're not purposely putting the hand on the fence. No, no, but but I am thinking about it. You want to know why? Because I, I need to lean into the fence because I know he can only go that way because the fence is in the way. So I am thinking I about my hand with, being I there. agree with you. You're putting weight on your hand mm -hmm. on the fence. I agree with you. Yes. But these little fingers, when they're in the big space as far as falling into the hole... Come on, dude. It, it, no. He's not trying to hold. D John. He's not trying to hold. Okay. Okay. I agree with you. Maybe the first time he okay. wasn't trying to hold. The ref slapped his hand away. Slap. There was slaps. That there one was... I think he was. That one. Hold it. That one I think he was trying to hold. Okay. The first no, no, time he got that, his hand the, slapped away. That was the first time. And then there, he let go. And then he grabbed the fence right after that when the guy tried to sweep again. So that oh, right see, there should be. He didn't grab the fence. Then. That's, when, no. that's when he had his hand on. And he's sitting there. You can see where his eyes are at. And his finger falls into the hole of it. It is part of the problem with the fact that the fence is there and that you're allowed to put your hand on the fence. It should be an automatic point deduction. Uh, it wasn't going to change if, anything. If I gave you a warning, if I now, gave if you, you want to say that, first off, it shouldn't be a point deduction because if you're going to be fair about it, you would say, I'll take you out of the position and put you on your feet because that's me giving, no, excuse me, I'm giving Terrence McKinney here an out from being underneath you. You want me to take a point? Come on. No, I want you to put You're me on top because I was about to be on top until he grabbed the fence. You were not going to be. He, Terrence McKinney was nowhere close to being on top. John, you don't know that, though, because we'll never know because you grabbed the fence. Yes, I, I do know. That's that. my point. My point is, is that you never know what's going to happen in the takedown situation. It could be a takedown against the fence. If I go to lift and you grab the fence, and you break my rhythm. How do you know I, I wasn't going to get the takedown? Oh, because my hands weren't locked all the way? McKinney? Where was McKinney? No, no. I'm not talking about this fight. I'm saying in general. In oh, general, now it's not these, this fight. Okay. No, no. But no, in, the, in this fight, I'm simply saying, in general, these, this should be an automatic. It doesn't matter. Across the board, if you get warned and your hand gets slapped off the fence, and then you grab the fence again two seconds later, whether a finger or my finger fell into it. No, nah, dude. You knew you were grabbing the fence. Point deduction. It. Point deduction. You want a point deduction? Absolutely. You're crazy. I'm not. You've lost no, your not. fucking gourd. No, man. You have. No. Yes. John. You want people to. No, excuse me. You're going to have the third man in the cage affect the fight no, more no. than he has to. John. Am I not affecting the fight? Excuse me. I get to talk here for a second. Am I not <laughs> affecting the fight when I take and I stand you up from a position that you were not getting away from him? I'm going to get you out of that position and let you start from your feet. John, you don't think that right you, there is enough for what you're talking as a, a grab? You know who affected the fight? Your ass for grabbing the fence. That's who affected the fight. <laughs> don't blame other people for your for what you did. That's I'm my, blaming that, you. That Josh Johnson, to, you cheated you know who, again. No, that's who affected the fight. Your ass for grabbing the damn fence. That's really what it comes down to. If you didn't want the point deduction, you didn't want to bring the third man into the game, into this process, then you shouldn't have grabbed the fence. I'm sorry. It's so frustrating to see someone get a lift, and the guy grabs the fence, and the guy has to put him down. 
on a takedown. It gets so annoying when the, the ref is slapping your hand away. I agree, I agree with you. And then you grab the fence again later. It's like, okay, look, I slapped your hand away because you literally were grabbing the fence after I said, let go of the fence. Let go of the fence. I had to actually touch you to tell you to let go of the fence. Like most refs don't just slap your hand when you're oh. grabbing. They tell you, let go of the fence. And then they slap your hand. So well, he, you do it at was, the same time. No, yeah, yeah, nor, nor, I get it. No, normally they yell. I'm, normally they yell like, I'm, "Don't trust grab me." The fence. I used to. I will grab your hand and yank you, it. You were also uh, a and jerk. And I would tell people, <laughs> I wasn't were, jerk, but I would tell people, were. if you're grabbing, I'm gonna pull your hand. If that upsets your balance, if you go to the ground, if you lose your position, too bad. Yeah, you were cheating, and I'm gonna stop. And that's the way to do it. But yeah, no, I agree. But I look at when I go back to my fight with Tony, I felt the same thing. I went to go to the sweep. He grabbed the fence. I, and, and I heard Herb say, let go of the fence. He let go of the fence. on the sweep again. He grabbed it again. No change of position. No point taken. Did he say let go of the fence again? John, I was covered in blood. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was, it was, uh, was it wasn't one of my finer moments. It wasn't my night. Wasn't one of my finer moments, man. All I, I know Tony is Tony against me. Yeah. I had Herb against me. Fuck. And I always knew Herb didn't like me, man. He fucking hated me from a long time ago. I just was like giving uh, me a hard time. I like Herb, though. Outside of the cage. Uh, outside, <laughs> outside of the cage. Of the Don't like him on that. It night. was just one of those things, man. Like, it's it, it's so... Because, look, the person who is trying to get that takedown or someone who's trying to get that sweep, there's no way, there's no, there's no way it looks... There's no way of putting it to where it helps you. Because if I... You can't put me down on the ground because I didn't actually officially get the takedown. So you're not allowed to do that. Correct? We look at And we you can't give me the sweep no, where you, you put I me can't. on top because I didn't actually fully get the sweep. It. You didn't do it. And so I can't if, say you would have had it. And if I'm the guy trying to get the takedown and I'm the guy trying to get the sweep and wanted to be on top, you're actually putting me in a sh more shitty position because you're standing me up now where I obviously probably didn't want to be. I was trying to get the sweep and I was trying to get the takedown. I was trying to get the fight to the ground. There it just feels like there should be an option to put me where I want it to be. But then you, there you go again. The third man is affecting where the fight turned, how it ends up, and this and that. But then no, you're no also... No referee wants to be the guy making that But decision. you're also helping the guy that wants to keep it on the feet. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fuck situation, to be honest. For the, you know? All because the one guy... And the guy that was cheating is the one that kind of gets what he wants. The good news is I'll make this a YouTube clip tomorrow so yeah. you guys can have an argument in the comments about it. I love it. it. I love it. Uh, I just, I felt but, like in, in these situations, there, there's got to be a little bit more stricter of a penalty for that. I don't know what it could be, whether it's a point deduction, whether to put you, put you down on the bottom. I, I don't even know how it would, I don't even know how, but I'm simply saying that there's got to the be, bottom. there's no rule that allows yeah. the referee to do that. I know so. that's so it's got to be a point deduction. And if we go to half points, give it a half point deduction. I know like I know I want to keep going back to the <laughs> half point stuff, but you know, those are those are the things that we need. We need to I feel Josh like we'll Thompson, make you're living better. in Texas. I, I expect you to be part of the Texas Athletic Commission. You make these changes, mister. I know. I know. I need to get <laughs> let me get fully moved in first. <laughs> Next fight. Oh, we had Melsic. Bagnasarian against Tucker Lutz. This was actually a really good fight. Fantastic fight. Bagnasarian is just a, he's a phenomenally elusive and quick striker. Got a lot of power. Uh, Tucker Lutz was just tough as hell in this fight. I give him credit for everything that he was working at. He took a couple of body shots, Josh, that I was like, oh, 
And right now mm -hmm. I'm not feeling good from that. And man, he took it yeah. and kept going, man, put on a hell of a performance, tough fight, tough fight to lose, but it definitely, I thought Bagdazarian, you know, deserved the win, but both guys really put on an outstanding oh, yeah. performance. Yeah. Bagdasarian looked fantastic. He was great on the feet. First round, like uh lost the takedown, I believe was, yeah, lost the takedown. And then in the second, third just came on. It was just touch, touch, touch was able to stuff the takedowns, able to keep it in his face. I think he lost, I think Bagdasarian lost the, the takedown, like the last, I don't know, 15 seconds of the second round, but yeah, it but he got wasn't up enough. Too. Hey, he did get up. And he got up. That's right. He got up. Um, yeah. But no, he, he looked fantastic, man. He looked great. He's great on the feet. He's got to work on his on his, um, on his his takedown defense. He's got to work on yeah. um, a little bit more of the grappling kind of areas. Yeah. But he's definitely going to be something to mess on around pushing, with, man. He's he relies be, on pushing the head down. He's big on pushing yeah. the head down, and that works for you to a point. But you got to put your hands into different positions now once – You've driven him mm -hmm. down, and and you have him where you want. But yeah, he's. It's, yeah. I think it's just a work in progress. But I think he was saying that too. He's saying, "Look, I'm young in, in MMA, and yeah. I, I got a lot to work on." And how old? Is, how old is he, by the way? Like that. Dave, can you click on him? Bagdasarian. How old is he? Top left, he number seven. Up. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Great. <laughs> thanks for thanks for following along. I clicked on the wrong guy. Thirty-one. He's not super young. He's young still. Mm. He's got a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. Hey. He's got he's he's obviously got an extensive background in kickboxing, so because you oh, can yeah. just tell by the way he is so comfortable on his feet, the way he mixes it up, and fantastic fighter, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do next. And I don't think because he is 31, he's not looking to slow play. So look for him to try to step up in the competition uh, as fast as possible, and probably more more towards the strikers. Obviously, UFC has a tendency of doing that because they bring the action, and if you're going to do that, you're going to match them up against guys that can strike. So. Come on, you got a bunch of guys. Let's be honest. Think of the guys that you could put Calvin Cater with that would make out. Hello, I was one of the first ones. Rob Font, yep. even Dan Ige. Mm -hmm. But Dan Ige's got the ability to fucking take him down. I'm just yeah. not sure that Dan will, because you know how he fights. Yeah. But Dan Ige, tough as hell. That would be a great fight. Yeah. How about Giga? Chikadze. Yes. Thank you. Good fight. Good fight. I, I'm all uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, like I, I'd like to slow play him a little bit. Probably the Dan Ige fight. Dan can wrestle, man. I've trained with Dan. I've grappled with Dan. He's he can so fucking Tucker wrestle. Lux. He just doesn't utilize it as much as he could. Yep. So Kentucky Lutz, yeah. that's true. But Dan to me is just at a, at a different. He's a different grimy. Like he's a different level of griminess. He's the conditioning, the cardio to push you he's and hang colder. on you and pressure you. He's yeah, colder. He, he's fucking. He's, he's ice good, cold. Man. I yeah, love he's good. fucking Dan Ige. Danny is a good dude. Fifty K. That's what I like. Game, I like baby. about him. He's a good guy. <laughs> Super good guy. All right. Uh, we had Victoria Dudakova and Estella Nunez. We had a very fast fight. We had the injury due to the posting of the arm. The dislocation of the elbow was nasty. I feel really bad for Estella, but she'll make it through it and uh, get that Dave, fixed, and she'll be back. Pull pull up the MMA Junkie uh, Instagram. They they showed the uh, X rays of the uh, dislocated yeah. elbow. It's, it's like it's not, here is not, the that's not just dislocated. <laughs> that's out. That's, that's so it was out yeah. now. It's like here's the socket. Here's where it's supposed yeah. to be, and it's like over here. I was on there. It is right there. Right there. Oh god. Yeah, that's a good one right there. That's a good one right there. That's where it's way past that joint. Oh, yeah, that like, felt good. That's disgusting. Can look at look at down there where her elbow is when she's touching it. And that bottom yep. one, the the, the socket. Yeah, you can part see where the bone is pushing out. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I just I, we do. do we we used to do fight. <laughs> we used to do fight tryouts at my gym. You know, usually once a year to be on the fight team. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy, great guy. His name was Turbo. Well, that was his nickname. I'm not gonna say his real name, but Turbo was fast. Very you know, love you know Muay Thai. Love the stand up game. Unbelievable athlete. And I put him in against a guy who was a a black belt in jujitsu, and you know. He posts on a takedown and his elbow just dislocates like that, right? And he's sitting there and he's like, "Ah!" I said, "Dude, you got a choice." I said, "I can, I can uh, get you in the car and get you to the hospital, or call the ambulance, or so I can pop it back." He said, "You're not, I said, you're not going to like it when I do it, but it'll take away the pain." He goes, "Pop it, right?" It was literally put that thing back in. He's like, "Oh, thank you." Oh, dude, yeah. it is so. You know exactly when it goes too. I got pretty good at putting elbows and shoulders back in. No, but you don't do it. I see people all the time doing it. It's like, you don't do it that way. You know, it's yeah. more of a rotation. It's not a pull. You can't pull that thing that way. I wouldn't uh, with my elbow. I wouldn't have you do it with my shoulder. I would have yeah. you try. Probably I would have you try, but no, not yeah. my elbow. My elbow. It just, it seems like there's too many, the bones aren't, it doesn't feel as stable. Your elbow doesn't seem as stable. It's like a shoulder feels like it can just kind of suck itself no, back shoulder. in. The high shoulder's worse. Yeah. The, really? Oh, no. I was yeah. Because ah. the elbow is actually, you, you hold it, you take it, you actually start to turn the, the lower arm. When you're turning the upper arm, you just boink, and it goes right back in. It's pretty nice. Dave, back to the fight card. No. There was there was one thing I wanted to talk about real quick. To go back to the Mad- the, the Jack Mad- uh, Della Maddalena fight. Oh my! Is, we're going all the way back to that. Yeah, just one thing. Look, this is where I feel like corners are they they make such a huge difference in the fight. He almost loses that fight because his dumbass, and I said it, Della Madalena, is that you kept chasing guillotines and oh, yeah. darces and all this other crap. Like there was a moment there where he tried to reach for the darce at the very end, uh, and he basically just got put on bottom. Like you did yeah. it and it just didn't make any sense. Like stop. And your corner's yelling at you, please like stop. And then they come back to the corner and tell him, stop chasing the guillotine, stop chasing the guillotine. And once he stopped chasing the guillotine, it affected the, the, it affected the rest of the fight and a great job on him. Great job by him. But I just like, this is when we talk about fight IQ. That's when the fighters thinking just straight off of instinct. What do I do in the gym? This is what I do every single time. And it works for me. Now I get in the fight. Well, when it doesn't work th- two or three, four times in the first round, stop doing it. It's not working. The guy figured you out. When the guy passes your guard as he's going down, as you're pulling him down, that yeah, means he's, he's, he's on over. You. He understands what you're good at, and he under, he's already worked that in the gym the last, you know, what, 10 days he had pr- to prepare for the fight, whatever it is. He understands what he's doing. And so um, just ditch that all together and move on. Uh, John, is there any other fights in this card you want to talk about? Uh, you know Scroll what? There on was down one there, down Dave. at the bottom. Go, go on down there real quick, Dave, because I want to give credit to uh No, wait, stop right there. Stop, 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 stop. Evan stop. Elder had a very uh, uh, good fight against Gennaro Valdez. That was a tough fight. Elder looked good. But you got to give it up for Costa. Costa oh. against Austin Lingo. Man, he looked sharp. Yep. That dude is, he is technically a good fighter. He's a tough fighter, man. And he can systematically break you down. And he broke Lingo down in that fight. Because Lingo's tough. What a, That was a hell of a performance. That kid can really fight. Do you go with Lingo and Bagdasarian? 
They're both featherweights, both stand-up guys. Ooh, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. You know, I mean, it's a thought. It's a pro. It's a thought process. I mean, that's something like just you know what UFC. Give me a call. I mean, I can be a matchmaker. Yeah, Easy. I can, I can do that from my phone. <laughs> All right, guys. That's gonna wrap up our UFC talk. What else you got? What else you got for us there? Podcast day. But wait, wait, wait. Before we move on. But wait. But oh, wait, wait. There's but more. Wait, but wait. Go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Dave, we've got close to 500 subscribers. John, yeah, right. we're hitting close to 500 subscribers. We had a plethora of people that subscribed Thank to you, us people. over the last probably two, three weeks. And Thank uh, you, people. when I was down at Dave's this last week and just uh, this today, this morning and the yesterday and the day before, uh-huh. uh, Dave got me all hooked up. So now I actually have the login and all that stuff. So I, I actually posted quite a bit yesterday and oh. uh, I can actually just post right from my phone. And so, um, yeah, we're having some fun you, with it now. Did you, did you put a picture of the crew on there? No, I don't do that. I know, I know. That was a <laughs> great picture. That. That great Podcast thing. Dave and Josh had their kids eating ice cream. Yeah, and you, these kids are on the bench and just like, yeah, that's the crew right there. It was, that it was, was good. great. That was a good picture. It was awesome. I had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> uh, spent the last couple of days with Podcast Dave down in Austin. And uh, it was good. Good to get the families together. Oh, oh, good to hang out. I got to know. Was there was there any fucking slaps? Yeah, yeah, any there was. Straightened as it a out. matter of fact, as a matter of fact, there was. It was uh, podcast it, Dave's wife slapping no, you. No, it was podcast Dave's son. <laughs> Link kept yep. smacking my butt everywhere he walked past me. Man, yeah. I was like, "What are you doing, kid?" He just kept giving me. Yeah. Psh, psh, nah. Slaps you in the ass, and he says, "Hey, you booty." Yeah, hey, you booty. <laughs> Oh, it was great though, man. We had a good time. Uh, we did some, uh, we did this like swimming hole, like, uh, down by the river. Had fun yeah. there. And, um, then a little we, bit of yeah, down we, by the river. We went and got some great donuts out there at Round Rock Donuts, I believe is what it was called there, Dave, right? Yep. Round yep. Rock Donuts this morning. They're not, they're, they're light stands. They're just not as big. That's, I think that's really what sells me on the stands donuts in, in San Jose. But but the taste wise though they're they're pretty damn good yeah they're pretty they're yeah. pretty comparable. What threw me off yep. though I've got to figure out why why are they orange? What is uh there's something to do with like the, the, egg, the egg wash the egg wash yeah when the the, the yolk from the egg um I think it's because the they use that the farm raised place. all organic uh, chickens yeah, they come dude, out with that trust me, bright you want to see a difference in yolks yeah. man. I will show you a difference in yolks. Yeah. I am a chicken expert. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just being honest. The eggs, the, the donuts came out and they were like kind of like a bright orange. I'm like, why are they bright orange? Yeah. It just seemed a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of makes My sense. Eggs, man. Bright they're orange. Use, yeah, they're using the eggs to have the orange yolk, which is basically you normally. when you were like, uh, it doesn't matter what color they are. Ah, Free range they're chickens, so good. Baby. Yeah, they were good enough to be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck what color. That could be fucking green, <laughs> yellow, purple. I don't give a fuck. They're so good. Uh, uh, all right. And then Josh tried uh, Josh Barnett. Not Josh Barnett's, but uh, the, the same whiskey company is what Josh Barnett uh, makes his whiskey through as well, which uh, was kind of interesting, right? You, you, you thought it was kind of interesting? Uh, what's that? The, the smoky whiskey that you tried? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about it? That was good. It was good. It right? was good. Yeah, it was good. And then you also gave me a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, IPA, which was oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was a little strong, just to be honest. <laughs> it was a little strong. It was a little strong. Yeah, I'm not a big. Josh like, finished it. He's like, he's like, all right, it's bed. Time. Yeah, <laughs> I finished it. I was like, all right, it's time for bed, man. I'm going to sleep. Was, <laughs> I'm done. But it was. Uh, look, I'm not a big it was IPA. The stole, it was the cold stone. I can't even say it. Cold stone. Stone, 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 stone. stone stunner. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm no. Surprised. You're saying Cold Stone. Cold Stone is ice cream. Nah. <laughs> no, Stone I, Cold Stunner. Yeah. Right? And he there should have go, named it go. that. I'm yeah, surprised he didn't. He named it something else. But I thought, uh, look, it was good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on IPAs though. I, I don't like the super hoppy stuff. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, but no. but Josh Barnett's uh, whiskey, his whiskey was pretty damn good. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Really? You know what else is? You know who else is? Is uh, Shobbs. Shobbs Tiger Thicker is is pretty damn good yeah. also. I, you know, it's funny because I saw the whole show with him and uh, Rogan, and Rogan's all man. I thought this was gonna be some bullshit. It's got a good taste to it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not really? hating on it, man. Yeah, Brendan Schaub's a, a tiger. Uh, what is it? Tiger thick. Tiger thick. Tiger thick. Yeah. Tiger thick. It's pretty damn good, man. It's pretty good. I had I had a whiskey company contact me and say, "Hey, we're yeah. we gonna put what what you want into the whiskey," and it's like, "Yeah, I don't want a shit whiskey." Nah, I just <laughs> I, I I I'm definitely interested in something like that. That definitely sounds like fun to me. Because I so we I mean, need a weighing in whiskey then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down, but you gotta be you gotta be basic as hell because you gotta be like you gotta be like a Conor McGregor. No, no, I don't so gotta be like Conor McGregor. So that, every, so that I want people to buy it, it though. <laughs> no, dude, have you seen the guy? And the guy sold it. it for billions. The guy sold it for billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, not it. billions. He sold it for millions. Okay, <laughs> seems close enough. There's a big difference, buddy. There's a, when you're when you're in the hundreds of millions, uh, have you, it's close enough. Have you seen? Have you seen? The, have you seen when they have they have a millionaire's yacht? pull up and then the guy in the the guy in the, in the billionaire yacht pulls up and this is what it looks like he just covers it like this this is what it looks like and then and then conor mcgregor pulls up in the lamborghini uh, yacht, yeah, the lamborghini yacht and you're like yeah uh, it's not a little, even that's little compared no yeah. no yes yes it is you're so funny it's it's who, little cares, compared. who cares what size it is man that is that what she tells you yacht. is that what she tells you because <laughs> it does matter every, every my time. friend it does <laughs> I'm two kids deep. Uh, I'm two, I'm two kids, kids deep. deep. I got two babies by the head. <laughs> You're like, let me just put the head in. I got two babies by the head. <laughs> oh, oh man. I, could, I could keep going with that joke, oh. but I could, it would go too far. Look, <laughs> go, go to way, go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. <laughs> Is that why we were talking about <laughs> this? Subscribe over OnlyFans? there for us for free. I, uh, uh, I did I did a couple uh, some extra content there yesterday for fun, man. I'm going to start having some more uh, content up there for you guys. And... Um, it's gonna be fun, man. Look, they actually reached out and they actually said that they like what we're doing. They like the fact that we're bringing on, helping them bring on uh, more awareness for the sports programs in terms of their sports content. And um, they've got a lot of athletes that are on there right now doing pretty well in terms of uh, selling, whether it's jujitsu techniques, whether it's boxing techniques, whether it's wrestling techniques. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of top level uh, athletes on there right now that are breaking down stuff, giving them details on how to make your motorcycle faster, how to make your car faster, all these little things that will help you. So it's not just, it's not just a sex side anymore, man. We're, we're sports are making their way in there. And just so just a reminder, we are the very first podcast that they have ever worked with, uh, to bring more sports awareness, to, you know, um, onto their platform. So we want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And uh, hit us up over there. It's free subscriptions. We're not charging over there. It's a, it's free, and we just have a little extra content on there for you guys uh, every week. So subscribe to us over there. OnlyFans.com/slash Wayne and John. I know that was a little long winded because we got off track. That's all good. <laughs> with the two babies by the head. Oh man. All right. What do you got for us, Dave? In news wise. All right. Let's hop into this first one here. Uh, Jamal Hill is injured, and he vacates the uh, late heavyweight title. Okay, before um, we go any farther, did you hear what he said, Josh? Did I hear Jamal what he said? Hill. Uh oh, did we lose John again? 
Uh, oh, he's back. Did you, did, there he is. Did you hear what Dave said? Jamal he Hill. He actually title? said the name right. Oh, was, there was no Hill. Jamal. Yeah. Hall. <laughs> There's no Jamal. No Jamal. Hall. I am oh, so impressed great. with you, Dave. Mm. <laughs> oh well. There's know. a first for everything. I've been practicing. First for everything. Go ahead. So Jamal Hill tore his, tore his Achilles. Uh, he's vacated uh, the title. Good. And um, yeah. Look, good for him, though, in terms of, look, it's an injury. It sucks. Why hold up the division? Um, Yuri Pacheska did the same thing. Glover took advantage of the situation, became champ, then it switched hands over some time. Oh, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? not Glover. It was uh, Jan Blahovic. Glover beat Jan Blahovic, who was the champion. Uh-huh. Yuri beats Glover, yes. and then he vacated based upon an injury. Jamal Hill fights Glover for it, and now Jamal Hill has vacated due to injury with the Achilles tendon. I can tell you, like I've had, I've had an Achilles tendon tear. It sucks as far as when it happens, and uh, it's going to be probably about give him eight months. He could be back in eight months fighting. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of it's you know the surgery itself. I don't know how long it's going to be before he gets it. It shouldn't be that long, but he'll be six weeks in a cast or boot. For uh, at least that's the way it was back in my day, which is a long time ago. But it's uh, about six weeks in a cast, and then you've got a lot of physical therapy because you know you can't even you can't even do a toe race. You know you got to build it all back up and. It'll it'll slowly get better and stuff, but it's a uh, it's a shitty injury to have, but it heals well. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the same guy. It's not gonna change anything about him once he comes back. It's just the loss of time and the the physical therapy he's gonna have to go through is gonna suck. But you know that's that's part of the sports world. That's part of being the champ. I'm gonna bring something. I'm gonna bring something up, and Jamal Hill, you can maybe correct me on this at all. Uh, but I, I believe that he played in a in a basketball game with like DC and those guys, all those mm-hmm. guys he while did. they were at the July, um, what was it? Yeah. The UFC yeah. fight week, right? Yeah, at the fight week. <clears throat> I, I just, it makes me wonder if this had anything because literally he got back and yep. this week it was torn. And it was torn like what, Monday or Tuesday? So yeah. I, I know the UFC is, da- I know they're dabbling in like doing things for their fighters to get together and having events and stuff while it's, you know, the what is it? What is it called? Fight week? Yeah. The UFC what International is it Fight Week. International, International Fight Week. There you go. So I know that they're doing that. Um but you know, the NFL got away from all that stuff. Remember when they used to have them run the forty? Remember when they used to yeah, have because them do, they actually had injuries. They had injuries. So I wonder yep. I'm not I'm I'm not saying this is what it was from, but I'm thinking it's Jamal Hill. And the other part that sucks for Jamal Hill is that you don't make money. Don't get me wrong. I know he's he's probably making pretty decent money. You know whether it's two fifty, three fifty, four hundred thousand. You know whatever it is a fight, all those things, his business. But you don't make that championship money until you defend the title the first time. So he well, not yeah, defending he, he the title the pay first. Per, he gets his pay per view money. He becomes business partners mm-hmm. with the UFC is the way they look at it. Yep. Is you become our business partner when you defend the title. And he didn't get that opportunity. No, he didn't. And so, but he will. But here's the: Will they pay him that contract though that he vacated it? That's what makes me I wonder. Think they w- I do think they will because look, he's doing them the favor. He could have held yeah. on to the title and made them strip him. You know, if that's they what they were going to do, but they wouldn't have stripped him. I don't think they. I don't think they would have. And so, I think they looked and told him, "Hey, look, 
you know, it's this is in, you know, Dr. Jeff Davidson is the UFC's medical director. And that he mm-hmm. went to them and said, look, it's going to be eight months before he can fight easy. And that's if he really works at it and does what you know he's supposed to do, which I'm sure he will. Absolutely. Eight months. So do they want their light heavyweight title sitting there for eight months? No, they don't. So this is, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to change it over to Al, you know, Alex Pereira against Blahovich. Is that going to be a championship fight? Are they going to actually do that? They could. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could coming up. You've got the BMF title, and you could have the light heavyweight title on the line. And then told him, hey, when you come back, you will still have the contract, which would be like you were the defending champion and we'll let you fight for the title. You know, so against whoever that's going to be at the time. It's going to be an odd mix-up, though, because you got Yuri sitting there. He's been out. You do have the Blahovich versus Pereira fight coming up. You could make it that way. Does Yuri get the – Yuri's going to come back before Hill – so it all could work out well, and there's a lot of good fights. John, I I want to know where do you put that fight though? Where do you put where do you put Pereira and Blahovich? Is that for the vacant title? And if it is for the vacant title, does it go ahead of the BMF title? Doesn't matter. Do you drop? I see, and, and, uh, it does okay, matter. On, John. I look at it this way. It does not matter. It absolutely it does matter. Not really to who. Uh, well, no, because, I'm asking you. Well, because in most contracts, it says if you're the main event, you get a, a higher pay. So, yes, it does okay, matter. So that, okay, stop. So that's already been done, hasn't it? What's been done? What? The, Dustin the Poirier the main and event. Justin Gaethje. Hold on. You, you know, it's the main event. So I'm not going to change it. I've already had that in my contract. They are my main eventers. They're the ones that are making more. You're right. And this one, even though, yes, it's the title for the light heavyweight, I, I put it as the co-main or it's the double main, whatever you want to say. So what? This is where this is where people get all fucking butt tied up with their panties all in a fucking bundle over who's going to be the first fight. Is it this one or is it that one? Who gives a shit? You're going to get to see the fight. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. We do get our panties in a bunch too much over who's going to go first, who's not. But but where this takes place, where, where, how this is different is I respect Gaethje and I respect Dustin. I think they're two of the best fighters to ever walk face to the earth. And they're definitely they the most, two of the most exciting. I love both yep. of them as fighters, both of them. And, and I've met Dustin in terms of like, I think he's a good person, really good person. I, don't, I haven't met Justin uh, long enough or talked to him enough. Um, but that being said, you have a not real title ahead of the real title. That's the only thing that I would say. What, what does it, that do? It, oh, hold on. Okay. It was not set up that way. I know. Right? And it wasn't, this is just something that occurred based upon mm-hmm. Jamal Hill being injured. And we had this light heavyweight matchup, which is a fantastic matchup. It's a prior middleweight champion against a prior light heavyweight champion and we can make it for the title why not make it for the title don't change the order don't change anything with that that doesn't matter just make it a title fight it's your first title fight and then your bmf since that has been your main fight for all of your marketing Mm -hmm. it stays as your main fight 
I don't know. I I would feel a little slighted if I was fighting for the world the the real t- world title at light heavyweight, and you have a BMF title ahead of me. On this, as the let me ask event. you this. I would just feel okay. A let slighted. me ask you this. But I get okay, it. Okay, let me ask you this. I get it. But let me ask you this, Josh. You have the ability to fight a light heavyweight fight as the co-main event. Or you have the ability to fight for the light heavyweight title as the co-main event. Which one are you going to take? I'm going to take both of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like You, you want to fight. That's it what does you matter. Which one? If you were given one opportunity, I can fight. We'll say that you're Alex. I can fight Jan just as a fight. It's a co-main fight. Or I could fight Jan for the title. Which one are you going to take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're obviously, John, you're going to take the title. But you're, you're trying you're trying to shape the argument, though. And I look, I'm, I'm saying, I'm look, not. I don't care where it changes. I don't care if it changes. I, I'm just, I'm saying, though, is that are you setting precedent that the title that the BMF title is now ahead of the, the real title? That's all. And are you are you potentially like it's a slippery slope kind of situation? Are you opening the doors for for other stuff later on down the road? For people to say, well, that that happened before in the past. So don't tell me you're not going to do it for me. Like that's that's all I'm getting at. Okay. I do so like, let's do take I a think look. do I think go ahead? I had a little battle. I don't want to say it was a battle because it really wasn't, but with Ant Evans, who used to work with the UFC, over the Chicago card for Bellator with Anthony. I mean uh Sergio Pettis taking on Patricio Pitbull and Nemkov taking on Romero. And he was saying it's bullshit that they put Nemkov and Romero as that top fight. It should be Pettis. It's like, who cares? I agree. I thought that Pettis, when when asked, I said I would put Pettis versus Pitbull as my main event. But they decided not to. And it's their choice. And in the end, does it matter? Yeah. But oh. you're taking two. You're taking two real titles. That's the difference. Yes. When you're taking yeah, two real see, titles, but, it doesn't matter. But you weren't. This was never set up to be a world title fight between Blahovich and Pereira. But I the get opportunity it. I get it. comes in. It's like, why not? I, I get what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not denying. I'm not denying what's going. Like it was a situation that fell on their laps. They, look, we're good. We could just be sitting here speculating, anyways. They haven't even said they're going to make this title shot. This is true. They haven't even they haven't even said that Jan and, and Jamal Hill or not Jamal Hill, but uh <clears throat> Alex are gonna Alex. be fighting for the title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they yeah. haven't even said it. I so know. I know. I'm just I, I'm just playing in my head. It would make sense for them to, to crown a champion as fast as possible. <clears throat> yeah. There would be that. And these two obviously would be number one, number two contenders. They're number one, number two, Alex coming up in weight. You they pushed him that direction, so it would make sense. Look, he just yep. He beat Izzy, knocked him out, and then he lost to Izzy by knockout. And now he's up fighting Jan. It would make sense for them to make it for the title, the vacant title. Yeah. And then if Yuri comes back, he fights the winner. <clears throat> yep. Go ahead. Let's go next. All right. We got a five-eight fight between Mohamed Mokhaev and uh, Tamelia. Good fight. I think it's a super <laughs> fight. I love it. First off, I love Tim Elliott. He's a gangster. The guy comes to fight. He goes through all kinds of transitions in a fight that you look and you think, you shouldn't be doing that. Nice move. Yeah. <laughs> he does stuff that is definitely uh, different. Uh, he's just a workhorse. He's a machine. 
He's up against a tough young fighter in Muhammad Mokayev. Mokayev is just, the kid's good. And he's proven that how good he is. Um, does he have the experience to last with a wily, crazy veteran like Tim Elliott? He definitely has the skill set. He has the speed. He has the strength. He has the technical ability. But sometimes in these type of fights, those wily veterans do things that start to derail a young fighter that has not faced someone that can be resilient in times when they feel like they're doing good and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is a great matchup, and I, I'm really high on uh, Mokayev, and I love Tim Elliott, so I can't wait for that fight. That's a flyaway I mean, battle that I cannot wait for. Let's not forget what Tim Elliott did with DJ. I Hello. mean, he gave, you know, and that, that lets you know that, look, at the time, DJ... Was still is considered one of the best, if not the best. But on top of that, though, would give everyone fits. And Tim Elliott gave him fits. <clears throat> Tim Elliott was just giving him a hard time everywhere they went. Made it very difficult. Just changed positions. Scrambled. Created scrambles when he didn't need to create scrambles. Like, kind of made it sometimes more difficult on himself sometimes. By oh, doing yeah. things that were just unorthodox. And Mokai nope. is going to have to deal with that. And having to figure out, okay, where are you going? What are you doing? Are you doing this to set up a trap? He's going to be, have to be thinking about those things during this fight. Why are you going this way? You have an awkward style. It's a style that which I, I don't train with every single day. Are you doing this because you're going to roll through for a knee bar? Are you doing this because you're going to try to fly a knee? What are you doing? Are you dipping down because you're going to come up with a head kick? All of those little things he's going to have to process live in the moment. And we're going to see how he handles all that as this fight goes on. So look for Tim Elliott to be explosive, do things that Mocha has never seen. And we're going to see how Mocha, uh, Mokayev kind of deals with it. It's going to be a fun fight. Yeah. A really it's fun fight. It's a great fight. fight. <clears throat> great Next. matchup. Like it. Good call. Uh, GSP teases uh, grappling bout against one of the Diaz brothers. Um, a little vague, but um, but nonetheless, it's, uh, you know, he's touting this. Uh, people have been speculating Khabib as well. So between the Khabib, Diaz brothers, what, what do you guys think about GSP in a grappling match? I wouldn't be surprised if it's Khabib because Habib's training right now for, it sounds like a grappling match. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, and obviously they'll probably take it somewhere over in uh, Dubai or Saudi Arabia Dubai, or something Abu like that. Dhabi. Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So somewhere over there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Habib's been training. He's been getting himself in shape. He's been, and he's talked about doing a grappling match. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was against GSP. You know, there was all that talk about them potentially fighting, which, it wasn't going to ever really happen, but it was. Uh, but this would be just for fun. Obviously, the two of them coming out and you know, and, and grappling and training together, um, you know, and competing against each other and grappling. I would love to see him and uh, Nick do it again. You know, in terms of not grappling, but in terms of you know, I would like to see him grapple and not fight, but okay. them getting back on, I'm back on the mat again, or them being you know competitive against each other again. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I look at I look at that, and I, if I was going to pick one person, I would say it would be Khabib. Uh, Habib would be the guy that you would look at and say, it makes sense. It makes sense for George. It makes sense for Nurmagomedov. And I look at it, and I go, as, you know, and I'm just going to be straight out honest. It's not a good matchup for George in a straight grappling match. That is not going to be an easy thing for him. It's not, and people are going to say, oh, he was the greatest wrestler in MMA. No, he was not. Okay, 
he made his wrestling work for his MMA style and he was fantastic at it. But it was because of his striking and everything else that set it up. And uh, it's going to be different just in a straight out grappling match. It's going to be a little bit harder for him, but good for him. You know, he, he wants to still have fun and that's this is his way of having fun and so go do it it's awesome yeah i agree not getting punched in the face next what do you got for us dave what else all right wrapping up on this one uh dana white makes sports illustrated top influential figures in sports uh jake paul also hits that list as well alongside people like Messi, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, uh, Pat McAfee. I uh, want to get your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes. Did he make influence. the list? Patrick Mahomes make the list? Come on, buddy. He's got to make the list, man. Him and Travis Kelsey, they got to make the list. Fucking legends. Future legends. Yeah, they got to be there. There he is. <laughs> that a boy. Uh, there you go. Damn it. Patrick Mahomes. Who else did you say? <laughs> Fucking no First brainer. Off, it should, yeah. When you take a look at what Patrick Mahomes being a no brainer or yeah, Dana White, no brainer. Dana White's oh, no brainer. No, I, I think both of them are. I think both of them are no brainers. Both of them. Uh, I, I'm being honest. I think Dana White is is more of a no brainer than Patrick Mahomes. Not that look at Patrick Mahomes yes. has, has an influence in football, no doubt about it. But Dana White is when you're looking at combat sports. There's no promoter. There's no one. That people look more to than Dana White. You know, Josh, I was just doing the the fighter only award things and and you know putting in my you know, people to be nominated and stuff. And you know, one of them is leading man. And it's like, how can you not say Dana White? He's the one that leads the sport. You know, I think he's won it every year and he's going to win it again. And you look and you go, yeah, well, you know, it's one of those. Hey, as Dana White goes, so goes the sport of MMA. No matter if it's the UFC or other promotions, he still is the guy steering that, you know, making that rudder move whichever direction he wants. He has a huge influence in all of combat sports because as soon as he starts talking about boxing, people are like, who? Huh? He's going to do boxing? He's not going to do boxing. But as soon as he starts saying something, they think he is. He's a huge influencer. Yeah, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, deny between the Mahomes and the Dana White thing. I think Dana White, he's influencing a whole sport um, yeah. worldwide. You know, football is, we for, seem to forget that football is just America. You know, um, don't get me wrong, they're traveling over to Mexico every once in a while and also to the UK. London. But it's, yeah, they're only doing it once or twice a year given the, whatever the circumstances are and situations with stadiums at the time. But um, <clears throat> but that being said, uh, he's influencing all around the world, Dana is, in terms of the sport. So, Definitely, definitely yep. more influential than than um, than Mahomes. But what Mahomes is doing though, is he's influencing a lot of young children to be active in football, to chase their dreams, to do all of those things. I wouldn't say Dana's doing that as much. You know what I mean? Like he's influencing fight. No, he's influencing fighters at a level that they feel like they can achieve to chase that dream. I agree with that. But I'm talking about young children from the ages of, you know. Four, five, six years old. I mean, those young kids were thinking they want to be Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. You know, there's a couple of kids that are in there that want to be, you know, Khabib. They want to be Islam. They want to be Daniel. They want to be Cain Velasquez. They want, you know, those are the things. Like, there's kids out there, but those are few and far between. There's a lot more of them on a scale in terms of in the in the football industry. I think. I I would agree with you in that fashion, but just one step back. We just had. International Fight Week. We were just talking about it, and think think about the 
the all the things that are put on by the UFC and all of that is part influenced by Dana. Mm-hmm. And so think of all the kids going to all of those different things that are happening in International Fight Week, all the dads that are bringing their kids, all the fighters that those kids are meeting. Big influence. Wait, so these these Big these influence. these dads bringing their kids so that's they're not supposed to be doing Stop. that from what I heard. Just a Stop. Of, how, shitty, yeah, how I, shitty dads are. I, how shitty these dads are for bringing their kids to events <laughs> to meet fighters. What are they doing having their, their kids doing? watch fights and so fighters violent. and stuff? Anyways, look, and, and to go back on that a little bit is if you ever want this sport to be to hit the next level worldwide, to get to that next level, you want to involve children. Children are the future of everything you do. Of everything we do, they they're the ones that are whether it's new tech, whether it's you know evolving the football game, the bas- the baseball game, the basketball game, all of those things. You want children involved. You want them to. Yeah. You want them to see how this how the sport is growing, where it's come from, how they can game plan in their own mind, maybe and think about ways to make it better as they get older. The children, like children, like it sounds really cliche, but children are the future, obviously. But bringing them to events, making it more of a family atmosphere for for. For uh for children and coming with your dad and your mom and your family whatever it is, that's that's something we've we've gotten away from as not just the country but as as uh you know as in, in being human, uh you know I think it's we got to get back to that just taking our kids to to live events being present you know with your kids not just hey here's a ticket go with your friends no 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 that's not how this shit works man you go everywhere with them and you you enjoy it with them and be a part of their lives. All right. Uh, next thing. Is there anything else there, Dave? We're going to wrap up there, well, actually. I did want to talk about one. I wanted to talk about one more thing was um, actually two. Uh, there is actually two more things. If you guys got time, you guys got time. You guys got time to shoot the I shit for a time, second. Man. Give me about another Let's 15. Go. Give me another 15 more minutes. So Michael Chandler and Islam Makachev got into it a little bit. Or there was some back and forth. Islam says, who's my opponent? And Chandler comes out and says, your time is coming. I think is what it said. You want to look that up, Dave? <laughs> There's that, and then I also want to talk that um, there is an ex- there there is a little bit of I don't know if I gotta reach out. I haven't touched, and I and I know I'm part. I know I'm I'm a a mainstay kind of a a um, an alumni of American Kickboxing Academy, but I gotta be honest. The way that I see Cain Velasquez training in the gym, do we see a return? Oh, you were, I, I knew you were going to say I'm that. looking at the heavyweight division. I'm looking at the heavyweight division, John. And you're seeing the guy a guy. can wrestle. I'm seeing a guy physically. in sweat, taking and putting no, no, three no, no, pounds no. of water I'm, out of his I'm shirt. I'm seeing a guy saw, who is physically feeling, physically feeling back out, muscular-wise, physically looking like, you know, and he's healthy. like And he's in there five days a week, you know, sometimes four, but given whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, he's there. He's back ingrained into the game, helping young guys get better. He's the coach. I get it, but I almost get the feeling there might be a little scratch of that itch. I almost get the feeling when I look at that heavyweight division, all of them are stand up guys. None of them can compete with the grind. None of them can compete with that cardio. None of them can compete with that grind. John Jones can John Jones, John Jones, but okay. Well, then what are you talking about? Well, I, I look at I'm I'm thinking John Jones. I don't know if John Jones is going to be around long. I think if he if he beats Stipe, I think you may see him retire. He's already said it. 
He said it publicly. He said it publicly. Boy, he'd I'm be leaving my a two lot of money be... on the table, dude. He would. He just he signed would. a big contract. No, mm-hmm. he just signed a mm-hmm. big contract, and he, he had, would be leaving said it. a lot of money on the table if he decided to retire off of that. When you're looking, what's the reason for him to retire? Where is where is the threat right now? Where's the threat? Is it Pavlovich pa- with power? Well, Pavlovich, maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it. I'm saying. Is it Pavlovich with the power? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but really, he's he's sitting there by himself. Yeah. And you know I'm that you you think do you think the UFC would give Kane a title shot just coming back? No, 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 no. He'd have he'd have either. one fight coming in. Uh, yeah. But if you look at the heavyweight division, I could see them matching him up against somebody like a Curtis Blades, a Tom Aspinall, somewhere in that mix. I, would, I mean, Tom, I don't, I don't Aspinall. think he'd come back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they. Yeah, I don't think that they would. I would like to see him come back and fight a Stipe Miocic. I'd like to see that because the the age and that's. But it won't they happen. They're gonna try to build somebody yeah. off of his name. I would say a Tom Aspinall is what, who they'd be looking at. Yep. Um, maybe a Spivak. And maybe an Almeida. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jelton Almeida. Yeah. He just fought. Remember the young, the young stud. The, yeah, the I know. Good, I know. Good, you're, good, uh, you're talking good, about Jelton Almeida. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'd say Almeida. I, I could see them giving him an Almeida or an Aspinall. And if he could yeah, beat them, that would be, then that puts him right out of that conversation. Mistake. Yeah. You think so? Wait, well, I think it, 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 here, which one would be a mistake? Well, mistake is putting Jelton Almeida or Tom Aspinall against Cain Velasquez. You're taking one of your Even young heavyweights. Now, look, at, if there's one thing that, you know, if anyone knows Cain, they know what he's made of. Mm-hmm. Now, there was, there, was a, there was a portion of his career where you can look and say, and, you know, even the last bit, he was never the same guy. Injuries create situations. Injuries change fighters. If he has had the time off and he's injury-free, yes, he's he's older, but he hasn't been damaged lately. His bad back, the other elements that were there that caused him problems, the knees, if those are not a problem for him, look, he's a handful for anybody. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know that. I just I see him filling out muscular wise. I see him in there grinding. I see him he's putting in the work not just with the young guys and the small guys. He's putting it in with everyone. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying he's gonna return. I'm simply saying I, I almost get the feeling he may want to scratch that itch. Maybe just one more time. What how old is can you look him up? I think he's forty one. He's forty one, I believe. I believe he's forty yeah, I think he's forty one. He might be forty, but I think he's forty one. Yeah, he's four. Oh, he's 40. 40. Yeah, 40. 82. He's 40. Yep. 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 When's his birthday? I mean, that's, anyways, that's a conversation yeah. I think we'll, you know, I'd like to probably dabble in maybe. See if there's something there that he's, you know, interesting. Yeah, he, he's going to be 41 here in a couple days. Oh, there you go. I'm trying to find it. There you go. There July you go. 28th. July 28th. Yeah. July 28th. Oof. 41 but i mean he's he's got a gas tank man that's one of the hardest things the heavyweights have to deal with so just 
keep that kind of in your mind. I'm not saying it's happening. I haven't talked to him about it. I haven't talked to Javier about it. I haven't talked to anybody about it. I just get the look and I see that look in his eyes. Like it's it giving me that flashback of that that look of when he's when he's wringing his shirt out. We've seen I've seen that thing. I've seen oh, him yeah. do that at the at the trash can, fucking three four hundred times easily, easily three four hundred times. Seen him out there. He just has that look to him. He just physically has the look to him in the eyes and the feeling. I just get the feeling. Now the Islam Makachev situation is who. It says Dana White, who, and in location. And then Michael Chandler yeah. but, but replies. See, if, you're, if, you're the, if you're the champ, there's nothing else you have to say. Yeah. True? Yeah. Yeah, and then Chandler says our time is coming. Yeah, well. I don't know. Is it? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, 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 may, it may be coming. It depends on how much Islam Makachev wants to fight in Abu Dhabi. Because if you look at the, who, who is all there, there's no one there that can fight him right now. Charles wants more time, and so he won't be fighting him in Abu Dhabi. And the other two guys that are number two and number three or whatever are fighting each other here coming up. Those guys are right. going to beat the shit out of each other. They will not be ready to fight by October, or they may not want to fight by October. So um, there's that. And then you go beyond that. Who else? You got Benil Dariush off of a loss. I don't that's think gone. it's – yeah, that's gone. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, where are we at? Who else? Uh, lightweight. Oh, you got – Lightweight. You got Chandler. Chandler or Fazit. That's it. Yep. You know, I mean, look, at. I'm going to throw a little wrench in there. And it's, and I'm not trying to skip over Fazit or Gamrot, but Sarukian fought him to a fucking really tough fight. Yeah. You know, and I know I know he was sick. And I know that Islam was sick and was on antibiotics, but it doesn't matter. He fought him to a tough fight. And Sarukian's gotten a lot better on the feet. And he's also... Sarukian's going to give everyone a tough fight. Yep. Exactly. <clears throat> so, I mean... What do you do? Do you jump? Do you have him jump Chandler? But Chandler also has all the hype train behind him because of the ultimate fighter. And now that you know that it sounds like potentially because Chandler's chasing the title and ch chasing this fight with Islam, that the Connor fight's off the table. <laughs> Is so it? that should let you know. If you're ch if you're if you're telling him, hey, I'm you know your time is coming, da 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 da, and he know he, he Chandler Chandler knows he doesn't have a fight, and he wants when, to fight when, in Abu when, Dhabi, Dave. Have they put out a time where the Ultimate Fighter finale is? I'm looking. Because it's supposed to be this year, right? Mm. Is it in oh, December? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like November. August, I End of November. November? I, I believe it was November, yeah. What what Ultimate Fighter have anything is this? On it? Which Ultimate Fighter is this? This is 30. Ultimate Season Fighter. 30. So season 30, yeah. Finale. See when it's uh, scheduled for. There you go. Does that say August? August 6th? Yeah. That, oh, I wow. knew it was August. I just oh, August. August. I yeah. thought it was November. August. Wow. August? Yep. Yeah, I mean, think about it. The this, this show's just been on. The show's like halfway through or more than halfway through right now. Yeah, it's uh, what? Chandler has won seven fights in a row. Connor hasn't won any. There's one fight left. <laughs> but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Connor doesn't win that one either. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would doubt it. Uh, but, I, you know, I have heard, and, and this is, you know, I, like I know who's in the finals, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and say it's That's for everyone to watch and find out. But you know, the, you're talking about that USADA pool. 
and Connor's not in it. Well, he's in it, but he hasn't been tested. But either of some of the people on that damn uh, Ultimate Fighter thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the same so thing. I've heard the same so if thing. So they're, if, if they're letting those guys fight and there's no USADA, then what's the difference? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how, how uh, serious they want to take the uh, USADA situation right now. I mean, it, it seems like it just seems a little weird. The whole thing that happened with Dana saying, did he say, yeah. fuck USADA? Like, yeah, we'll just do what we yeah. want. It, did he did not? He? Did he not? I well, never said they have that. tape of it. That. They yeah. have. Well, yeah, look, yeah, I, I don't care if he did or not. And I understand his point is, look, he's got a he's got a promotion to run. He's got fights to put out. And he's got to work within that USADA, you know, umbrella. But who's who's paying USADA? Yeah. Come on, Josh. Mm-hmm. Who's paying him? <laughs> and it's a lot of money. So, I don't know. Hey. I mean, there's always been a little bit of a conflict of interest, John. We've always. all known that. <clears throat> there's always, always been a conflict and, of interest. And I'm not... But... but. Like, I want I want to you know make this very clear. First off, I give the UFC nothing but credit for trying to do something when they knew there was a problem and trying to put people under an umbrella that made them follow the rules and, and know that they're going to be tested and things like that. They've done a great job with that. And that's cost them a ton of money. They're, that program started out when it started out. It was over six million dollars a year. Okay, it's more now. You know, things have gotten more expensive, obviously. But you know, it's that that is not a cheap program for them to do, and in you know, in no way does it actually help them as a promotion. You know, a lot of people are going to sit there and say stuff about you know commissions. There are look, commissions are testing all the time. Most of the time, the commission. If the UFC is coming, we'll use the USADA testing that they already have. But commissions do test. You know, Bellator gets fighters popped all the time. You know, I can yeah. I can name them off. I don't do it, but mm, yeah. they get popped. Oh yeah, because some of them are cheating, just like some of them in the UFC are cheating oh, still. Yeah. But I don't know. I just look at it and go, you know, they're not letting Connor fight, but I do know that they have the Ultimate Fighter finale coming up, and they might have people that haven't been tested in that too. I don't know. All right, guys. Well, hey, we lost Big John. He's having some problems with the moles again, attacking his uh, Wi-Fi wire, whatever it is, underground. So, look, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for uh, continuing to support us. Go to WayneInMerch.com. You guys can support us there by picking up some of our merch. Got some new designs that are out. I want to thank you guys so much. And OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Support us over there. Subscribe to us. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. And like I said, I'll be posting a lot more over there. Try to get Big John to post over some more farm stuff on that. On that side at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Thank you guys so much. And in John's words, we will see you.